0: Welcome to Future Focus, the UK at Expo podcast series, where throughout the world's greatest show at Expo 2020 Dubai, we'll be celebrating the best of the UK's creativity, innovation, and culture, with special guests offering exclusive insight into ways we can innovate for a shared future. In this episode, host Chloe Thomas speaks with Al Gehry, founder and CEO of Zigzag Global, a software solution that helps e-commerce retailers manage returns both domestically and globally while also becoming more sustainable in the process. The pair discuss why customer service online is as important than in-store and how being more sustainable is actually very good for your business's bottom line.
1: Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Future Focus UK at Expo podcast with me, Chloe Thomas, host of the multi-award winning e-commerce master plan podcast. Today, we're joined by Al Gehry, founder and CEO of ZigZag. Welcome, Al, and thank you for joining us on the podcast today.
2: Thanks, Chloe. Good to be talking again.
1: It is indeed. And Al, you've been working in e-commerce and retail for over 20 years and been involved with, quite frankly, every single aspect of an e-commerce business. So what led you to focus in on the returns issue?
2: Well, I was a retailer for about 20 years before I started ZigZag. So I've been uh, trading on marketplaces. I've also worked for high street retailers. So I've seen the pain that retailers face when they've had to manage customers uh, with uh, online returns and I could just see the the problem growing and, and getting bigger and bigger. Uh, so I thought um, it was about time that I did something about it and uh, founded a company that specialised in, in fixing the returns process.
1: And was it, was it an obvious problem? Because I, if I think back a few years, pretty much no one ever talked about returns. It was just something which the warehouse worried about and everyone else ignored, apart from maybe a column on a P&L spreadsheet. So, what what led you to decide this was an area we needed to shine a bigger light on?
2: I think it was probably spending uh, plenty of my life in warehouses and, and hearing comments uh, from warehouse managers saying, "I wish I had a pound for every return." And um, the, the problem was just getting bigger and bigger. I mean, they're a massive headache for retailers. Uh, you've got a lot of consumers that check returns policies before they make a, a buying decision and most of those customers will never shop again if they've had a bad experience so it's really vital that a brand gets that right and i could see that most of the retailers um back when we started the company in 2015 were really struggling with that as a, as a problem and and that problem has just got bigger with the uh, uh the advent of e-commerce getting bigger and bigger
1: so, Al, from the consumer's perspective, what do they see in a properly put together returns portal on a retailer's site?
2: We show the customer a copy of their order so they can see if they bought two T-shirts and a dress. Uh, they can choose the reason for return. They can choose the item uh, that they're returning. And then they can choose whether they would like a refund or an exchange. And then we would allow them a choice of pickup, post office, parcel shop, locker or collection from home uh, to bring that product back uh, to the retailer's warehouse and we work with retailers of all sizes so we're working with SMEs um, we're working with uh, larger enterprise retailers uh, for example Uh, so our customers are people like Selfridges, Gap, Superdry, Boohoo, Inditex which is Zara and uh, a bunch of uh, smaller sellers that are on Shopify and Magento uh, and they've all got the, the one thing in common is that they're they're selling online and they're exporting a lot.
1: If we talk about that front end piece for the moment, you know, the customer who wants to check before they actually buy, what makes a good customer experience on that side? What should retailers be doing?
2: So I think around a third of shoppers are now buying with the intention of returning a product. So they're buying two or three sizes and they know they're going to return one before they've even clicked uh, the checkout. Uh, customers want faster refunds uh, so that's the big key uh, and they want to be able to return easily to a local returns address uh, often they don't have a printer uh, so they want paperless returns and then with things like brexit thrown into the mix returns have become harder to manage for retailers so, so customers just want a simple safe and easy process with convenience that offers things like local collection from home and the ability to return for multiple reasons so so they don't just want to return goods if they're they're damaged they want to potentially be able to make their minds up at home and use the the bedroom as the new fitting room
1: the bedroom as the new fitting room i like that i haven't heard that that phrase before but it makes it makes total sense um and i'm i'm certainly someone who's guilty of regularly ordering an awful lot of sizes and trying them on all at home um but you you said about that you know making it easy for the customer and i think you know that's a, always a challenge for a retailer especially when it comes to this back end piece because one consumer wants to drop it off at the news agents on the way to work. Another wants the courier to come and pick it up from them. And the other one wants to be able to drop it off to the post office or something in a totally different town. So it's a so it's very complicated technical process, much more so than getting the goods to the customer in the first place, isn't it?
2: Yeah, that's right. So I think you've got to remember that, that customers uh, are potentially not always interacting in their first language as uh, so we, we're dealing with a lot of uh, exports now and customers are in a rush. So so they're, they're buying their, their items, but they want to be able to click and return simply. They don't want to be penalised for sending something back. And being able to collect data is really important for that retailer. So they, the retailer wants to know what's coming back and when. They want visibility on every order and every customer and the reasons why customers are returning. Uh, and customers potentially want to exchange an item. They don't always want to return an item and uh, not shop again. They potentially want to get the size that they do need, Uh, so you need to make that easy for a customer we offer a customer a choice of carrier options such as post office or drop off to parcel shops and lockers. And um, obviously that popularity has grown during lockdown with uh, collection from home becoming pretty much a prerequisite for uh, being able to uh, sell to customers now. Uh, So having that convenience of home collection will only uh, continue. And as I mentioned a bit earlier, the paperless solution has grown in popularity. So about 70% of our customers now return using a paperless option like a QR code. And I think after the pandemic, pretty much everybody in the world understands what QR code can be used for now. Uh, So people can take their mobile phone into the post office and hand their parcel over in the way that they couldn't do maybe a year or two ago.
1: Yeah, it kind of boggles the brain, doesn't it? How far that process has come on in such a short period of time and and, and for the good as well in, in terms of it making the customer journey and the customer experience so much better. And you mentioned the pandemic there. Has that made a big shift to the importance of having a having a solid returns process in a business? Has it made any changes to how consumers are behaving?
2: Yeah, it really has. And there has been a, a whole new wave of shoppers coming online for the first time older shoppers buying online because they're they're either locked down or, or don't want to use changing rooms in stores. We've also seen people, as I say, working from home and um, that convenience factor, uh, you know, e-commerce has, has leapt forward about five years and so has the returns industry. Uh, we can help reduce the number of returns through the data insights that we can provide. We can also help create a frictionless journey uh, for the buyer and increase that propensity to shop again. So there's a whole loyalty piece around encouraging shoppers to, to shop again if they've had that good experience. Uh, but we also have an eye on sustainability to try and help them manage the process with uh, a lower carbon footprint and, as I say, using paperless options.
1: And Al, I want to come back into that sustainable area little later on in the podcast but first off I want to get into talking around kind of what's in it for the retailer because so far we've talked an awful lot about why a returns process needs to be easy for the customer and good for the customer but of course there's an awful lot to be gained by a, from a retailer's perspective in terms of profitability and other areas as well as that loyalty piece and the great customer service you, you've already mentioned in terms of putting that returns process in place in the first place so for you why what's the reason people come to you to kind of up their returns game from the retailer perspective
2: so i think we do four or five things that uh, really resonate well Um, so we help cut costs both for the consumer and for the retailer we give that customer a faster refund by getting that product back into the supply chain more quickly and if you're a, a fashion retailer The speed of refund is really important to get that product back on the shelf so it can be sold again. And then we're also helping reduce landfill uh, for stock that doesn't need to go to landfill. We can help resell that again. Uh, We're also increasing loyalty by offering some new solutions like uh, refund to gift card, for example, or exchanges. Uh, And then there's uh, the whole piece around the the convenience uh, for the customer to give them that choice about how they want to return.
1: And I think that kind of speed of return you were talking about, when I'm thinking from the retailer perspective, not the consumer perspective, the returned good is kind of like a ticking time bomb. And every second it's not relisted in your inventory to be sold again. It's kind of, well, it's literally dead stock. It's dead money that can't bring you anything. And of course, you know, when we're churning through products and going through seasonality, like you mentioned with fashion, the sooner that product goes live again, that unit goes live again, the more likely we are to sell it for for, for full price. Of course, so I, a lot of retailers who who I know of, who I shall not name, who you know let all the returns pile up and they clear through it once a season, it's just not acceptable anymore, is it?
2: They face a bit of a challenge because stock needs to be back on the shelf as soon as uh, humanly possible. But there's no real reason why they have to bring it all the way home necessarily. So they could provide a local returns address to bring that item back into stock in the country that they've exported it to in the first place. Uh, So we provide a local returns address using a local carrier into a local warehouse. And that process uh, could then mimic the process that would go on in their own warehouse. So we can open, we can scan, we can grade, and we can get that product uh, saleable again in a matter of minutes. Uh, to get that product sold to the next customer in that country that's ordered the same item, uh, so that enables you to do a couple of things. It reduces the need to transport goods all around the planet. Uh, it also reduces the the cost of doing that, and the uh, the reduction in uh, time uh, off sale really increases the retailer's margin. So we're looking at uh, you know anything uh, between. Uh, A two to three day process to get an item back instead of a two to three week process. So there's a a huge time saving that the retailer can uh, see the the benefit from.
1: That is a phenomenally fast turnaround time, especially, you know, in the, the current scenario that we all find ourselves in. That's brilliant. Now, a lot of stuff that's happening in the e-commerce world at the moment is being driven by data and machine learning and picking all these data points, pulling them together to create great insight as well as to improve processes and increase efficiency. You must be collecting a lot of data. So have we reached the point where your retailers are using that to improve things? Or is that something we're going to see coming up in the future?
2: Yeah, so we're looking at uh, machine learning all the time, actually, and, and how we can uh, predict where that sale will take place. Uh, we're also looking at uh, the quality of the customer's previous returns. So, are they returning goods in good condition? And therefore, can we use that data to potentially offer them a faster refund if we've got some trust in that buyer? Likewise, if they've been through something like a fraud check, then maybe we want to slow that return or that refund down slightly so that we, we can actually see the goods in our hands before we make a decision uh, of when to refund. So we are looking at real time data uh, and retailers want real time data, particularly around tracking to know where their returns are at any one time around the world and what that's doing to their bottom line. So they want to know how much do I have to refund to each customer and then overall, what's that going to do to my p uh, So we're looking at uh, various different reports about goods in transit. We're looking at the, uh, the grading and the quality of the stock. Looking at the most popular return sizes, we're looking at what we call toxic products. So these are products that come back very frequently and that are maybe uh, having an above average returns rate. And then we're also looking at rogue suppliers or rogue products that uh, are damaging your reputation. Uh, And even down to the outbound delivery, is there a carrier that's um, delivering slowly that's maybe causing a higher returns rate because the item arrived late? So lots and lots of data and the more intelligent the platform gets with the more data, the more we can do to enable that uh, retailer to get better insight, to provide a better returns experience all around.
1: I love that that you're taking the data right the way back to eliminating the need for the return in the first place, because, of course, that's got to be the best scenario for the customer for the retailer and for the planet if the right if the, you know if the customer can make the right buying decision gets a great product and doesn't have to go through the process of sending it back you touched on sustainability earlier i said we were going to come back to it so what what's the what's the biggest i guess gain in the sustainability space in the returns world in recent years where's where's the best Im- impact being felt
2: i think there are a few um the number of pieces of paper that go into a parcel on the outbound has really been cut by the customers that are using us. So we had one retailer that was sending seven or eight pieces of paper inside a parcel on the outbound, and now they send none. Uh, and that's uh, doing a few good things. So it's obviously cutting paper waste. Uh, it's cutting printing. It cuts the uh, the weight in the package, albeit only a small bit, but over over time that adds up. Also, we're looking at the ability to drive that customer back online, which is where the retailer really wants them. And on the flip side, when the goods are returned, uh, they're able to do so using a paperless returns journey uh, to a local address. uh, So we're reducing the air miles that products need to travel. And we're cutting landfill by putting those products back into circulation wherever possible. So we've got a zero landfill policy. There are some exceptions to that where it might be necessary for health reasons, Uh, For example, if you're returning something like a lipstick that can't be used for health reasons, uh, then obviously um, we will ethically recycle uh, certain goods like that. But most of the goods that that we receive, we're trying to get back into circulation however possible. And we're using partners all around the world that can make that viable for you.
1: It certainly is one of those areas where... The better the tech works together, it can really deliver a more sustainable route for us. You know, in terms of like you're saying, right, we eliminate the paper. Well, the tech is the solution for that. We speed up how quickly product gets back on the shelves. That's down to the tech. We, you know, we try and sell things in the right place and avoid them going to landfill. You know, you can only do that if you know where the stock is at any one time and how how you're dealing with it. There's an awful lot of talk, rightly so, at the moment about um, net zero. Is that something it's feasible to get to with a returns process for, let's say, a large fashion retailer?
2: I think we're going in the right direction, certainly, uh, you know, looking for, for things like packaging uh, to be reusable so that when you're returning goods, you can use the same parcel uh, or the same packaging uh, that the goods went out in. We're also seeing a number of retailers that are joining uh, more sustainable organisations uh, and they're, they're making commitments to use less plastic so we're definitely seeing the, uh, the want from the retailer to uh, be more sustainable. Uh, the consumers are demanding it. And so we're also on the flip side, able to push customers towards greener solutions that use things like electric vehicles and uh, potentially order them in the checkout so that uh, the customer knows which is the greenest solution. Uh, so they're, they're discouraged from choosing a carbon uh, unfriendly solution.
1: I personally get get a fairly major thrill each time I manage to pick a green delivery slot on Sainsbury's, which, you know, benefits me in no way. They don't even give me nectar points for it, but yet I feel a little bit better because the van hasn't travelled so far. So like I can really see how those, you know, giving the consumer the option could have a big impact, even if they're not incentivized to, uh, you know, to make that green choice, which I guess brings us around almost coming full circle here. But we've talked about how you're helping the retailers with state sustainability, how the tech is helping the retailers become more sustainable, the other options that are out there that you're seeing retailers put in place. Is there also a place for really educating the customers, you know, without putting a big sign on the website saying, are you sure you're not going to return this? If you think you might, please don't buy it, which obviously would be, I think, probably a bad move. But is there a way we can go about educating our customers to make better decisions to help us reduce our carbon neutral positions?
2: Yes, I think there is. So we've got data that we can feed back to the customer uh, in real time while they're purchasing potentially that retailers could use to educate customers on their size. Uh, so dare I say it, some customers maybe uh, think they're they're smaller than they are, and um, they they could potentially be using the data that we've got that says the last three times uh, that you bought that size, you returned it, um, or, or you may uh, last three times you bought a larger size, uh, that was the size you used. Um about 70 to 80% of the returns that, that go through all of our platform are size or color related. It's not unique to, to the UK. Uh, it, it's a worldwide issue. Uh, sometimes it's down to, to retailers that, that could be a bit more generous in the, uh, in the cut of their clothes. And I used to work for a retailer that deliberately cut their clothes slightly larger than mm-hmm. conventional sizing. And it was specifically to reduce returns. Uh, so there are small things that the retailers could do to, uh, to make a big impact.
1: Yes, you do often see on a, you know, a web page, the feedback on a product page, 80% of our customers say this comes up a bit large or this one comes up a bit small, which I guess is that real-time data we're talking about, which is helping us push it through, which I guess possibly comes in from the reviews as well. But then there's always that thing about what customers say they'll do is often different from what they really do. So if they're actually returning the product, that's a, a higher quality of data than it would be from a review, would you say?
2: Absolutely. yeah. It really does give a good indicator, um, both for, for size, for colour, for uh, is the image correct on the website? Uh, did the item arrive damage? We have one uh, really interesting one, uh, which was a product that was getting really high return rates. And there was nothing wrong with the products, but actually the packaging for those products was damaged nearly every time because they were using flimsy packaging. And just by changing the packaging from the data that we were providing, they were able to reduce the return rate on that product because it was a product that was very frequently used uh, as a gift, and um, you know nobody wants to be giving a gift that's uh, that's damaged and dented. So I think um, having that insight, um, you, you really can highlight the uh, uh, the deficiencies that that happen in the supply chain. And I think we've also noticed um, spikes in in certain products when uh, the customers receive the wrong item, and we can see that that if that item. Uh, happens frequently, then we see that spike in that return product. Then we can actually uh, step in and tell that retailer, "Hey, go and go and check bay five six nine because you keep on sending out the wrong right. item." And so, um, we, with that kind of data, we can definitely reduce returns as well.
1: Of course, because in the in the old world, she says, kind of in inverted commas, that would have relied on the merchandiser or the buyer going to the warehouse regularly to check things, which is just such, you know, to look at the returns pile. Are there lots of broken boxes? With all this data, of course, you can, you can nip those things in the bud much, much, much more easily. Thinking about kind of the whole returns and deliveries process, the biggest part we have to deal with is that courier part of the puzzle. That's where our, our big obvious carbon issues are. Are there any kind of key steps that you see people taking at the moment or that you know are coming up in the next next few years where people are looking to improve around that area? So the, the delivery um, couriers themselves.
2: Yes, I think it's uh, apparent just by the the number of bikes you see on the street that the bicycle deliveries are becoming more and more popular, even down to electric scooter deliveries. We've got people now using Segways and all sorts of new forms of transport to to deliver items. We're seeing that also become hyper-local. So you've got retailers that are using slightly out-of-town dark stores and warehouses uh, that are much closer to the consumer. And that's really good because it reduces the time for delivery, but it also reduces the congestion in the cities and on the motorways. Uh, So I think you'll you'll see more and more of that. Lockers have popped up um, all over the place in the last couple of years. They're not a brand new thing. They've been around for for a good eight or nine years in the UK now. But I think the the popularity of them has really grown recently. And uh, the consumer adoption, as I say, with QR codes, and with contactless delivery uh, and contactless returns, that means that things like lockers uh, are getting more and more popular.
1: Uh, we've covered a lot of topics today. We're looking forwards rather than for the now. What, what's what got you most excited about what you see coming down the line in the world of, of returns in the next couple of years?
2: So there are some key things that uh, we're working on. Um, we've been working on improved Improving the exchanges journey for customers uh, to enable customers to, to swap uh, an item for a larger size or for a different color, for example. Uh, enabling refund to gift card, which has the added benefit both for the retailer and for the consumer. Uh, so that consumer can get a faster refund and shop again easily. Uh, and for the retailer, they can help retain the customer that they've fought so hard to win in the first place. Uh, We're also increasing the branding and the the messaging on the portals to help uh, consumers get more data around where where their refund is and when they're going to be refunded. Uh, So just that visibility piece. Uh, And then we don't think stores are dead either. So We've done quite a lot of work in um, the stores and B2B space to help uh, retailers be more efficient about how they move stock around between stores without necessarily the need of returning back to a DC in the middle. So we can cut double handling and go from one store straight to another store that needs to stock. Uh, we can do that in bulk on, on pallets and in, in in large box shipments, capturing all that data uh, to move away from uh, old technology like emails and spreadsheets and keep it very simple. And we've now rolled that product out to about 3,000 stores. Uh, and We've got many more in the pipeline that are queuing up to use it now
1: fascinating to hear what's what's going to be coming soon and it sounds like it's going to be good for everybody um, it's been fascinating exploring how much potential there is in returns to both improve a business's profit line and become more sustainable our thanks so much for sparing the time to be a part of this future focus uk at expo podcast series
0: thanks for listening to future focus the uk at expo podcast series Look out for more podcasts in the series or subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. And if you want to stay up to date with all things UK Pavilion, links to our social media channels can be found in the episode description.